Amen. I, I'm excited about God's word to us this evening. Uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. God started speaking to me about uh, this whole phrase, God can. For Sunday morning, I'm going to talk about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want any of us to limit God in 2021 because we serve the God that can. Amen. I, I mean he can. Uh, I was uh, this morning just feasting on uh, just the, the, the thought, the, the truth, amen, that God is no respect of persons, that he is impartial. There is no partiality with God. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes, uh, uh, I'm going to leak just a little bit from Sunday morning, I feel the Holy Ghost, but you know, sometimes we can convince ourselves that we are unworthy of what it is that God desires to do in our lives. The things that he's spoken, the things that he said. To such a degree, Jesus had to deal with it in Matthew chapter 6. Amen. When he compared the children of God, amen, to the birds of the, of the air and the flowers of the field. And he asked a question, Sister Christina, he says, are you not worth more than them? So for me, that cancels out every thought of unworthiness. Hallelujah. Because if God will take care of flowers and if God will take care of birds, surely God will take care of you and I. Hallelujah. Thank you. I can't, boy, I can't wait this Sunday morning. But we got to work on this word tonight. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. Hebrews 6, uh, verse 9 through 12. Amen. This is a night of encouragement. Uh, when you go home tonight, I want you to be encouraged in the Lord. Encouraged in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, encouraged in our Father. Hallelujah. He doesn't want us to be discouraged. Uh, I think uh, uh, what, Tuesday night when we had the uh, Zoom conversation and the question was asked concerning uh, pastors being discouraged, man, I felt like the Lord said, we, this is where we need to go high. Amen. And the psalmist had to talk to himself. He says, why are, <laughs> why are thou cast down, O my soul? And why are thou this quieted within me. Why are you discouraged, brother? He said, hope thou in God. Hallelujah. Who is the help of our countenance. Amen. And then we were reminded that in 1 Samuel chapter 30, that when David had cried till he could cry no more. And on top of that, the people were speaking of stoning him, Sister Joan, that David reached down into his soul and encouraged himself. In the Lord his God. Amen. God does not want you discouraged. Amen. You might not be able to change what's going on around you. You might not be able to change what people are saying about you. Some folk could be planning your funeral. Could be planning your demise. Could be planning your defeat. Glory be to God. But I thank the Lord that God will show us how to encourage ourselves in him. You might not be able to find encouragement in anything or anybody, but you can find encouragement in the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So tonight is a night of encouragement. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 9. We're going to read down through verse 12. The Bible says, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. That's encouragement already. When somebody looks at you and says, I'm confident of better things. In other words, I, I, we got a better estimation as it pertains to you. Amen. And we ought to be encouraged because the Bible is saying to us tonight, uh, among a whole lot of things, and we'll get into this in a moment. I'll try to read this scripture that the Lord has a, a better estimation of us. Amen. Hallelujah. He looks at us and he sees something in us that he can work with. He sees, praise God. See, see, when you look at you, most of the time, you look at you based on your faults. But when God looks at you, God looks at you based on his potential. He looks at you based on his power. He looks at you based on what he's called and what he's ordained. That's why you can be at your lowest and God will step in. I told you this is going to be a night of encouragement. God will step in at your lowest and tell you something like, you old mighty man of God. You old great woman of God. Won't he do it? The Bible says uh, things that accompany salvation. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, and we'll talk about that, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love. Men might forget you. Folk may forget what it is that you did for them, how you helped them out, how you came to their rescue, how you stood by their side, how you held their hand, how you gave them your last. I can't get no help here, but God will not forget. Come on, say, I'm not forgotten. He says, your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. See, they benefited by it, but you really wasn't doing it for them. You were doing it for God. And see, God is not going to let you magnify and glorify and exalt him through your labor and your work and forget about you. You made him look good. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He says that you have ministered to the saints. And do minister. You didn't stop That's right. because they forgot you. That's right. Thank you, Lord, because you weren't doing it for them. Yeah. You were doing it in his name. Yeah. You were doing it for his name. Yeah. So they didn't have to give you a thank you card. Didn't have to invite you to that little old party or whatever else. My God. But God kept you on his mind. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And we desire. Well, we can shout off of that right there. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Come on, say this is going to pay off. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the problem. Come on, say I got an inheritance. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, and, and the good thing about the inheritance of the Lord, you don't have to wait until somebody dies, including you, to start benefiting from it. Oh, he, he already is blessing us. He's already doing great things for us. Come on. He showed up today for us. Hallelujah. Even if it, is, even if it was in what some folk would call a small way, the Lord has been good to us today. He took a deposit out of our inheritance and said, let me break you off a little something. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject apostolic encouragement. Amen. 
I want you to leave out here encouraged. If you're watching by Facebook or YouTube or what have you, if you watch this later on, remember that this was designed to encourage you. Amen. As we continue to navigate what many have called unprecedented times, I am convinced that one of the things that the church must receive in these days that we're living in, in these perilous times, what Paul tells Timothy, these difficult, these hard to get along in times, these times that are going to get progressively worse and more challenging, praise the Lord, uh, uh, to our faith and our walk with God, the church must receive from its leaders consistent encouragement to go on in the Lord. Amen. It's nothing like somebody coming alongside of you. That's why I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because folk might forget that the Lord put on, put on uh, their heart for you to encourage them to send a text or to call. But we got the comforter. We have the, the, the Holy Ghost. He is an encourager. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the God that is there. He is present. Thank you, Lord. And so we got a built-in encourager. If we would just cooperate with, with him, Sister Gwen, he won't let you stay down long. Thank you, God. He's a lifter. And so our message tonight intends to do just that. Amen. To encourage you to go on in him. Come on, say in him. Amen. Not just try to go on in your own strength. Come on, in your own might, in your own wherewithal, but to go on in him. I also believe, according to the grace of God that's upon my life, that whatever motivation I provide this evening, amen, especially to those who are a part of this local assembly, must be apostolic in nature. Amen. So, so what do we mean when we use the term apostolic? Because we're talking about apostolic encouragement. I believe this epistle, as it is a New Testament writing, amen, we don't know who the author is, praise the Lord. God knows, it doesn't matter to me, I just like what's in the word, praise God. But this, this, this letter, amen, is designed as apostolic encouragement. Now the word apostolic represents everything that the faith, once and for all, Amen. Delivered to us is. That's when we say apostolic, that's what we mean. All that this holds is the apostolic faith. Come on, say apostolic faith. It is founded in Christ. Amen. The, 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 the doctrine, uh, the, the faith that we're talking about, this that is apostolic, it is founded in Christ. Now, we know that Jesus said he had no doctrine of his own. The doctrine that he taught, the doctrine that he lived, that he manifested, that he demonstrated, he got it from his father. Amen. And he said, if you got the same daddy like I do, then you will bear witness to the doctrine that I'm teaching. Well, the apostles took their doctrine from Jesus. And they wrote it, praise the Lord. They put it in the New Testament writings. And so, so this apostolic faith is founded in Christ. It is written and taught and it was preached by the apostles of the Lamb. That's the, the 12 original apostles and continued in by the New Testament saints. They were devoted. Praise the Lord. And we, we talked to you about New Testament devotions. But there were some 
things that they continued in. And namely, according to Acts 2 and 42, they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Somebody say amen. It also, when we say apostolic, it refers to the kind of grace. Everybody say grace. And the kind of life that the church is to have. The church, the New Testament church, is to have an apostolic grace about it. Amen. Uh, it ought to have a dimension, a, a thrust, if you will. There ought to be a, a certain kind of life. Amen. We can't be dead in an apostolic New Testamental church because we receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost is symbolized by fire. Last time I looked at fire, fire is animated. Fire is not stagnant. The Holy Ghost is symbolized by water also. Praise God. Most of the time water is not still. Amen. Most of the time the water is moving. It's flowing. My God. It's ebbing. It's rising. And if the Holy Ghost is in you, you ought to have some life about you. Your flesh might not want to might not want to praise God, might not want to give God glory, but the Holy Ghost wants to worship the Lord all the time. Amen, amen, amen. The Holy Ghost wants to tap into praise and worship. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is in us. So it's the grace and the life that we are to have and we are to demonstrate. It's also the type of relationships. We've been talking about love. Amen. Uh, kingdom relationships, apostolic, New Testamental relationships are characterized by love. Somebody say love. Amen. It's this love that motivates us. It's this love that compels us. It's a, a, fear, a sphere, rather, a context of love in which we build one another up. Amen. We have uh, symbiotic relationships. They are mutually beneficial. Relationships in the kingdom are not parasitic. City. Come on in here. Relationships in the kingdom are not the get over on one another kind of relationship that you see in the world. The relationships in the kingdom is that I do unto others as I would have them to do unto me. It's that I love my neighbor as I love myself. Somebody say thank you God. So the kind of uh, relationships that we're supposed to have, amen, uh, and also out of which we function. And then lastly, the kind of values by which we do everything that the Lord ordains. The, the, the secular culture, amen, does not override the culture of the kingdom. We, we look in particular at Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 to find out how we're supposed to live, amen, and the things that we're supposed to value in particular. Now, we need the whole Bible, but if you want a synopsis, go to Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, and you can see the kind of values by which we do everything that the Lord ordains. So we repeatedly see in Scripture that the apostles of the Lord encourage God's people to go on in terms of the things of the kingdom. They didn't want the people to settle. They didn't want the people to stop. They wanted them to come into the full manifestation of what God had for their lives. As they spoke these words of encouragement, the apostles, they did so amid times, Lydia, and conditions that threatened believers going on to maturity. You better believe that if the Lord has ordained for you to go on into maturity, then hell, hell is going to fight against it. 
The devil is not going to allow you. He Look, if he can cause you to become complacent and settled with just a little bit of growth, being a little bit different than you used to be, amen, he will do all he can to keep you from coming into maturity. But I dare you to say I'm encouraged to go all the way. My God, I'm encouraged to go all the way. I want to be full grown. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be adult in the Lord. Amen. And so as we understand this or as we, we know uh, and a thing that I believe that we should that should drive us. Amen. Is is that the eternal aim of our father is to have a family of mature sons, just like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He don't want us to be babies forever. He wants us to grow up. In other words, our father desires and has done so eternally to have a many membered Christ. Yes. We're studying it on Tuesday nights. Those elders are doing a masterful job of teaching about the corporate man, about having a revelation of the body. Amen. And so that we will be just like Jesus. And so it's with these things in mind tonight that I want to encourage you. Come on, say, I'm getting encouraged right now. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you from this portion of Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. And keep in mind that the apostles are concerned for the saints' maturity. For the saints' maturity. As Paul writes, let's look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. So if you sit up under apostolic ministry, that's what it's concerned about. Not entertaining you. Praise the Lord. But you coming to a place of maturity, growing in God. So Colossians chapter one. Amen. And let's look at verses 28 and 29. Paul says, him we preach. Who is the him that he's speaking of? Christ. The Christ that he just said was in you, the last few words of verse 27, the hope of glory. Him we preach. Christ is our message. Warning every man. So it's not just always encouragement. Sister Christy, sometimes it's warning. Amen. And teaching every man in all wisdom. Now we know that Christ is the wisdom of God. We learned that uh, during the word seminar. Amen. That he's the wisdom of God and the power of God that we might do what? Present every man perfect. Come on, say perfect. perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So in these verses, we find one of several New Testament apostolic imperatives which speak to the call to present the people of the Lord, amen, as mature or complete in him. God wants us to grow up, amen. This word complete is the Greek word that is perfect in the New King James, amen. More accurately, it's the word complete. It's the word teleos, y'all familiar with that? From the word telos, an end, a purpose, an aim, or goal. God has a goal for your life. He is less concerned about your comfort than he is your character. He wants you to be godly. He wants you to be Christ-like. He has, a, he has an end in mind. One of my favorite questions is to what end? Because you can't be involved in everything. You need to know where this thing will end up. 
If we're going to invest our time and our energy, where are we going to end? With God, he wants you to end up like Jesus. Hallelujah. So every day he's working on you. Amen. And sometimes, glory be to God, he will use time to get some stuff out of you that won't look like Christ. To make you, make you lay down some things. Thank you, God. Sometimes he'll, he'll wash you with the rhema word. You're looking in the word to try to find something to straighten somebody else out. Come on, or to pontificate. But he give you a word to straighten you out. To get out your spots and your blemishes. Come on, somebody. And your wrinkles and, and any other such thing. This word teleos, it means complete. Amen. It means mature. Everybody say mature. Fully developed, full grown, full grown. That's what God wants us to be. Brought to its end. Finished. Listen, listen to this. Wanting nothing necessary to completeness in good working order. In good working order. God doesn't want you working partially. He wants you in full good working order. He wants everything in you functioning like it's supposed to function. I just heard the Holy Ghost. Go to James right quick. James chapter 1. Amen. Let me, let, let, me, let me show you a part of how God will work on you. Look at what he says. In James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. But watch this. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So somewhere in this teleos process is God allowing you to have some trials to teach you patience. I can't get nobody here. Y'all was, was encouraged a few moments ago. Amen? So that you can be perfect, entire, not wanting anything, not lacking anything. Teleos signifies Consummate soundness. It includes the idea of being whole. When we come to the Lord, we are broken, we are shattered, we are tattered. We have been, we have been a program to look at ourselves in the wrong mirror. We look at ourselves in the mirror of our own uh, opinion. We look at ourselves in the, um, in the mirror of other people. My God, we look at ourselves in so many other different mirrors. But God says, I want you to look at the, yourself in the mirror of my word. Because I want to make you whole. And he may have to ask you what he asked the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 8, I believe. Wilt thou be made whole? Because some folk have been broken so long that they think that's the condition in which they're supposed to exist. But my God wants me to be whole. He doesn't want me to be fragmented. He doesn't want me to be broken. My, he wants me to be whole. He wants me to be complete. He wants me to be entire. He wants me lacking nothing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, say the Lord wants me whole. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Doesn't want me fragmented at all. He wants me, he wants me whole. Amen. Oh, God. Mm, there's so much more I can say about teleos. We could preach right on teleos. But my heart for you is this. Amen. That, that you're whole. 
that you come to this end, that you come to this to this maturity. Can, can I read this to you? Teleos means it, it means uh, uh, to have consummate uh, human integrity and virtue, complete in mental and moral character, wanting. Listen to this. Listen to this. Nothing necessary for completeness. See, this is why we need to understand. God is not a piecemeal God. He wants you to have everything that you need to come to completeness. Hallelujah. And, and I like what David said. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk up right before them. Everything that I need, my God shall supply. Because he wants me to be complete. He wants me to be whole. He wants me to have shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Not, he wants me to have it so much that a dimension of who he is in his compound names is Jehovah Shalom. Thank you, God. He wants me to have peace of mind. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I got to get off of that. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that good? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So, as we look back to our text, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 6. Anybody encouraged? The most obvious question is why this exhortation is given in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9 through 12. What was the author's intended purpose in providing such a charge? Amen. So to discover this, we must consider at least two things. Number one, the purpose of the epistle to the Hebrews. And number two, the immediate context of this particular verse. First of all, amen, Hebrews was written to encourage Jewish believers who had begun to waver in their faith to hold on or to persevere. I'm telling you right now, these times are going to make some of us think about cashing it in. Because they're going to become more and more challenging. This, and I, I encourage you to Google it. Google the Equality Act and the church. Some of the latest legislation that our new president is forcing on us. It's got all kinds of implications on the church, on the family, on marriage. Remember last year we were talking about the, 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 uh, uh, the biblical uh, idea or perspective of manhood, womanhood, marriage, and family? God knew this was coming down the pipe. It won't be long before transgender males will be able to participate in female sports. It'll be the law. Men will be able to go in the bathrooms with women. Yeah. Come on, and vice versa. It's in the Equality Act. Go and look, read it, study it. I can't talk about it tonight, amen? But the times are going to be similar. They, these individuals were considering turning away from Christ to Judaism due to all the persecution they were suffering. This epistle, you know they're going to make it hate speech if you preach on homosexuality. Yeah. Churches are going to, of certain sizes, are going to have to hire LGBTQ individuals. It's going to be the law. We got to wake up. This epistle stresses the biblical fact and truth that Christ is superior to, to the old covenant. 
to angels, to the prophets, to Moses, and so forth. And then second of all, the context of these particular verses is the third of five warnings. As the writer unfolds three facets of this third warning by declaring, get this in your notes, the danger of immaturity. Chapter 5, verse 11, down through chapter 6 and verse 3. He warns them of the danger of immaturity. Now is not the time to be stuck in spiritual immaturity. I say this to our young people. Most of y'all have been in this church all of your life. 15, 18, 20 years. Amen. But just being in the church doesn't mean that the things of the church are in you. You can be spiritually immature. Or you could be spiritually mature, but you've got to put in some effort. And that doesn't mean that every adult in here is spiritually mature. So he warns them. The second aspect is, he says in chapter 6, verses 4 through 8, fear lest they fall away. Fear lest they fall away, lest they begin to depart from the things of God. We need to, we need to have a, a, a sense of godly fear in that regard. Elder Carr, we don't want to fall away. People are falling away right now. It's not a new thing. The Bible predicts a great falling away before the second coming of Christ. People are going to turn their backs on God. It's happening in pulpits where preachers are abandoning the word of the Lord and preaching false doctrines, being a God seduced by demonic spirits and preaching doctrines of devils. Then thirdly, safeguards against the safeguards, which we're talking about now, against falling away. Amen. And so here in this third facet, we find the immediate context for the exhortation based on the confidence. Come on, say confidence. Had by the writer and the recipients and to imitate the example of faith of those who possess the promises of God. Man, when I was putting this together, putting my notes together and, and the slides and everything, God, I said, I thank, I thank the Lord that there are people in this ministry that I can say this about. That I got confidence in what I've been seeing God do in your life over the years. Praise the Lord. You're not going to fall away. Amen. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get better. You're going to become bolder. Praise God. God going to stand up in you. Your running is not going to be in vain. You're going to make it to the end. Somebody ought to thank the Lord. So as we look at verse 9, the writer says to them, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Because in verses 4 through 8, he was sharing with them, praise the Lord. I mean some things that you would say. Can I read that? Look at verse four. It says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. They had illumination by the spirit and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away or have or and have fallen away to renew them again to repent. There's no hope if you've experienced all those things and then you leave God. He says there's no hope for you. Since they crucify again for themselves the son of God and put him to an open shame. That's what the Jews, the Jews was exposed to all of these things and still crucified Christ. For the earth. 
Amen. Which drinks in the rain that comes that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. So if the soil of our heart is good ground, this word penetrates and the Lord blesses it and it brings forth the harvest in some 30, some 60 and 100 fold. But if it bears thorns and briars, you know, in Mark chapter four, it, in the parable of the sower, it talks about that thorny soil that chokes out the word. The cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches. Amen. It'll choke out the word. It says it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. So in light of this, he says, we are confident of better things concerning you. I can say that about this church. Glory be to God. That your hearts are not the hearts. That, now, I'm speaking in generalities. There may be some individuals that, that are not at this place. But in general, this is what I see. That you got the kind of soul that God can bless that this word that you've received. Amen. This enlightenment, this partaking of the Holy Spirit, this tasting. Praise the Lord of what he says. He says tasting uh, and, of the powers, the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. He says, better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. He had to tell them, Deacon Stevens, that many of you are on the verge of going the wrong way. But I see something different in you. He says, I am confident. That's the Greek word convinced. It means to come to a settled persuasion concerning some truth or fact and be persuaded and convinced. The, my, can you see that in yourself? I see it in you. I'm convinced that y'all ain't going to give up on God. And God ain't going to give up on y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That doesn't mean that we don't have bumps in the road and hiccups and misses sometimes. But when it's all tabulated and brought together, my God, I am convinced that this body. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Convinced of better things. Yeah. Hallelujah. The phrase better things is quantified as things that accompany salvation. This word better, amen, is, the, is a Greek word that serves as a comparative, amen? And, and it actually means more useful, more profitable, more advantageous, greater, superior, greater advantage. So when I look at this ministry, what I see, amen, is people who are becoming more useful, hallelujah, more profitable, more advantageous, greater, superior, and coming to a greater advantage. All of our labor is not in vain. Hallelujah. Though the visionary, my God, we're going to wait for it because it's going to speak and it's not going to lie. Whatever God has promised you, God is going to bring it to pass. Every prophetic word that you're holding on to, that you're praying over in the spirit, God is going to make it so. Don't you give up on God. Amen. Oh, God, I got too much here. Let's look at verse 10. Then verse 10, let me read it. He says, for God is not unjust. Thank you, Lord. To forget your work. And labor of love. Somebody see that? Which you have shown toward his name. You didn't do it to make a name for you. You did it to make a name for him. You did it so people could see what kind of God you serve. 
who your father is. He says in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. The writer of the Hebrews reminds them of God's perspective relative to those who have been faithful. Thank you, God. Do, look, do you not know your faithfulness in 2020 is going to bring you some blessings and rewards in 2021? Because every time I look in scripture, God rewards the faithful. The Bible says that the faithful man, since y'all don't want to help me out, the faithful man abounds in blessings. Didn't say the smartest. Come on, somebody. Didn't say the, 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 the goodest. But the faithful man. And you know, folk will try to talk you out of being faithful. And God give you, whew, thank you, Holy Ghost. He said that those who are faithful in the little, God will make ruler over much. See, you didn't think it was it mattered when you were being faithful over that little bit of assignment. But the things that you've been coming into that's making you scratch your head and you trying to figure out how in the world did I, it wasn't you. It was God blessing you because of your faithfulness to him. He doesn't forget them. Y'all remember that word? Lord, remember me this, um, this past year. He does not forget the faithful. Thank you, God. Because when you exhibit faithfulness, you're acting like him. Because he's a faithful God. Every day he's faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Do you not know when that alarm clock goes up and you can hear it? That's God exhibiting his faithfulness. When you can roll over and nobody got to roll you over and put both your feet on the floor. When you get up, you might sound like a bowl of Rice Krispie treats. Glory to God. Snap, crackle, and pop. But that's all right. God is still good. Why are you laughing so hard, Lydia? He does not forget our work. He doesn't forget you continuing to show up. When your flesh says, I wish I could just go on home tonight. He doesn't forget when you keep going into your prayer closet. And sometimes you fall off to sleep while you're on your knees. But you wake up and say, Father, forgive me. And go right back into the spirit of intercession and travail. God does not forget our work and he doesn't forget our labor of love. Thank you, God. That's why all last month us talking about love, that's so we can increase our love walk. Because as Elder taught us, man, if I do all of this stuff and I don't have love, not only am I not anything, I don't profit anything. Because God wants to know why you're doing it. And if your answer isn't love, every other answer is wrong. My labor of love. Amen. And who he does not forget their ministry. Listen to this to the saints, either past or present. You might have forgot it in the past. Come on, when you were helping the saints and ministering to the saints and doing certain things. But God got his notebook, as it were. <laughs> got his database. All right, so take that, take that man, this right here. Take that woman. We never gave them anything for doing that. You weren't even looking for anything. 
Help me. Is anybody getting encouraged? Hallelujah. Let's keep moving. We got, we got to get, we got. So, and look at what he says in verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end. That's my heart. Not just a faithful few, but everybody. Each one of us. That, that word each, praise the Lord, that word each, amen, it means every single one. It means each and every one of you. The writer gets very personal because he doesn't want to leave anybody out. I want to see everybody come to maturity, but I want to see everybody's cup overflowing too. And if we're faithful, God's going to overflow our cups. If we're faithful, God's, see, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. All these opportunities God gives you, you have to be a steward over those. And you got to ask yourself, Lord, am I being a faithful, a, a faithful steward over that which you entrusted into my hands? Amen? Because we're going to see in a minute, laziness is a sin. As the old saints used to say, it's a sinful God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, he says, look, 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 look at this. Look at this. I'm almost done. He says, and we desire that each one of you, he gives directive, show. Everybody say show. That means to point out, to demonstrate. Amen. It means to put on display, to prove, to show proof, to show forth, to show us. See, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of things uh, be, being perilous and difficult and trying, we need to show diligence. We came back up now because we're trying to get to an end. We're trying to get to a purpose. There's an aim. There's a call that God has for us, and that's maturity. Right? Yeah. It's like working out. You work out two weeks, get through that little muscle soreness, you're standing in the mirror. I think I see a little cut on my bicep. You ain't been in there long enough. You can't quit. You got to keep going. <laughs> you got to keep going. Oh, I think I see, I see one ab. There ain't no six pack. You got to keep coming back. Got to keep working. Got to keep showing yourself diligent. This word diligence, praise the Lord, it refers to eagerness and earnestness. See, this is a time, beloved, that some people use COVID as a reason to draw back. Woo, glory. Hebrews 10. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hebrews 10. I know this ain't for the people in here. This is for the internet folk. Look at what he says in Hebrews 10. He says here, for you, in verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live how? By faith. But if anyone draws back, the Lord says, my soul has no pleasure in him. This is not the time to drop ministry. This is not the time to get ghosts or go ghost. This is not the time to fall by the wayside. If the business world can do work at home, we got some ministry you can do from home. Don't quit. Be diligent, eager, earnest, willing, having zeal. Say amen. Y'all still encouraged? Praise the Lord. This, I, like, I, like, I just like to say this word. It just makes me sound intelligent. Spoo day. 
Hallelujah. But this, but smoothie can refer to swiftness of movement. See, we realize the urgency of the time. So we act, praise the Lord. We have a haste and a, and a speed about us. It can refer to genuine commitment in the discharge of an obligation or experience of a relationship. It describes zeal, ardent passion. Amen. Passion that applies, come on, Sister Ray, to an emotion that is deeply stirring. Stir a passion in my heart, Lord. Let it overflow. This is what smoother is. Amen. How wonderful to so fully be in love with Christ that I am so totally governed by his spirit. That's what we were singing about. But it's got to be more than a song. We got to show it. We've got to demonstrate it. Amen. We, we've got to prove these things in this time. This is not the time for us to stop ministering to the saints. If you're used to usher, you can usher again. You can sing on the worship team again. You can greet. You can clean up. You can work the sound. What, we got all kinds of jobs. This is not the time to fall by the wayside. This is not the time, amen, to turn back. Amen. To go back to Hebrews 10. Look at what he says. Hebrews 10, verse 39. But we are not of those, shout about it somebody, who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. He who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. I ain't come this far to turn around now. Thank you, God. Oh, glory to Jesus. Man, I wish I could talk about hope. Let me wrap this thing up. He says in verse 12 that you do not become sluggish. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can get sluggish looking at other people and what they're not doing. So you can't look at them. You got to put your eyes on him. Have to keep your eyes on him. This word sluggish literally means no push. It's like having no drive. It means to become slow, lazy, numbed in mind as well as in your ears. Think about, man, when I, when, I, when I first got saved, I used to watch people who testified about being saved for so long, how they could just sit on the word of God. Like they had already heard all of the Bible, doing all kind of other things, passing notes, talking out the, I never figured out how they talk out the side pocket of their mouth. So you couldn't see all their lips moving, just words were coming out of this side. While the preacher was preaching, and then hop up like they saw in the Holy Ghost when the organ got tuned up. But I realize now they were numb in their mind as well as in their ears. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's not me. So he said, don't, don't, don't become sluggish. Amen. Don't become slowful, slack, passive, lazy, indifferent, apathetic. Listen, diligence, amen, yields full assurance of hope, which protects against becoming sluggish. Hope is the antidote. Diligence and hope are the antidotes to us becoming sluggish. Amen. The great enemy of perseverance is sloth or laziness. Amen, somebody. So it's almost like the writer, he's offering a prayer, Elder Cox, that his readers are to not be sluggish, but instead become imitators of the faithful Patient saints who have preceded them. 
So he says to them, look at the verse. He says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate in the kingdom is Im imitation. In the world is emulation. That's a whole different teaching. Glory be to God. But he says, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. That word imitators is mimetes. Or what he says in Ephesians 5 and 1, that we're to imitate God who is our father. It means to mimic, describes one who follows. It means to copy or imitate. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, to imitate me. Amen. Imitate. See, as leaders, we're supposed to raise the saints to a place by allowing them to imitate us. So we can say what Paul says in Philippians 4 and 9. Matter of fact, let's go over there. Glory be to God. Philippians 4 and 9. Look at what he says. 4 and 9. These things which you have learned. There's an expectation of God that if you are born again believer, that you're learning things. Amen. The things that you've received, that you're receiving things, the things that you've heard. God expects you to hear some things and the things that you saw in me, that you saw in leadership. Not them telling you, do what I say, but not as I do. We're supposed to manifest. That's the highest form, amen, in the seven progressive forms of ministry is manifestation. He said those things or these things do and the God of peace, come on, nothing missing, nothing broken. God will be with you. So we're supposed to imitate. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Mm. I had to give y'all the rest of this another time. So how do we progress and avoid? Right? Man, that word patience, that's fortitude, endurance, long-suffering, the ability to endure persecution and ill treatment. It describes a person who has the power to exercise revenge, but instead exercises restraint. Oh, God, I thank you. Huh? All that help I did, and now you running my name down? I ought to get you, but I ain't. Because I got a hope for a better promise. And the man of God already said, he got more confidence in me. There's better things. He doesn't expect me to act that way. Hallelujah. Think about Jesus. Man, he could have got all of them. Here I am letting myself be put to all of this stress and strain for you, and you going to spit on me? Slap me, pour behalf my beard, press a crown of thorns on my head. I could call 10,000 angels. My God, but I ain't. Huh? Nailing me to this cross. But guess what? The Bible said that he looked beyond the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before. God had gave him a promise before he came, you know. That he said, if you go down and do that, I'm going to save your seat. But not only that, I'm going to give you a name that's above every name. If you go through all of that, it's going to be glory after this. Hallelujah. I got to tell you all about promises. Can I quickly, real quickly, promises is a declaration to do something with the implication of obligation to carry out what is stated. That's God. It's an implication to do something. It's a declaration, rather, to do something with the implication of obligation to carry out what is stated. It's a legal term. Denoting the promise to do or to give something. See, God who promises cannot lie. He swore an oath by himself. Thank you, God. 
Because who else could he swear to? He put his hand on the Bible and said, I am God. I swear I'm my God. So help me God. I'm going to do what I see. Isn't that something? He promised. That's what we're holding on to. And we see others that have inherited the promise. That's why your testimony is so important. These are not all promises over yonder. God has been giving us, keeping his word to some things he's been promising right here. And he's allowed us, oh man, he's allowed us to inherit them. That means to receive a share of that which has been allotted to one and so to inherit a portion of something. God's got some prepared, marked off blessings for them that love them. Thank you, God. I have not seen. Ear has not heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of man, but he got it ready for you. Huh? You're going to come into some of it this year? I'm prophesying right now. Thank you, God. Folk going folk to be looking at you and say, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know. God, I got some allotted things for them. That's why we won't have to be jealous of folk, envious of folk, mad at folk. That's why we can cheer because God is no respect of persons. He got an allotment for me. Huh? He got room for me. Folk might want to keep me out, but God sent his son to bring me in. Thank you, God. They keep messing with you. You know what he'll do? He'll prepare a table. Before you're in the presence of your enemies. So how do we, how do we progress? And, and, then, and then how do we avoid what the writer, amen, warns? First of all, we have to show. Show the same endurance to the end. This is not the time to take down. Don't coast. Don't feel like you, 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 you know, I'm in there now. Yeah, you are in there. But your example is too important. And the things that God wants to bring you into, praise God, don't rust out, burn out, wear out, whatever, whatever the term is. Resist becoming lazy. Now, that's a challenge, y'all. Because you probably read the Bible all the way through. Said a few prayers. Come on. Resist becoming lazy. It's easy for us to get lazy as human. Diligence for us requires spirituality, maturity. And then the last thing, amen, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. Recall the message I shared with you last March. Think the Lord gave it to me on the 14th that we are to endure and overcome. These things still apply. We need discernment. Lord, what am I supposed to endure? You're not going to move it. You're going to use it to perfect me, to make me whole, to make me complete, to cause me to come to a, a place where I lack nothing. But then there's some things because the devil knows what you're trying to do in my life. I've got to overcome. They won't design for me to live with. Hallelujah. And y'all know it. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives. Come on, y'all. To death. We, we, that's got to be us. Pull your testimony out. Come on, stand on your feet. You know how the old saints used to say, how I got over. It's time to press in.
and receive all the Lord has promised. Man, I was just, and I'll talk a little bit more about this on Sunday if the Lord released me to. I just thinking, man, you know how easy it is to think that what God does, I'm, I'm going to say this, what God does for one race of people, he won't do for another race of people. The devil is a liar. If you're in God, there's no partiality. Man, I believe with all of my heart. That thing hit me so this morning. The Lord said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Jesus said with men, it's impossible, but not with God. Stop saying to the Lord, I'm, I'm a certain age or whatever the case may be. Ain't no need of me trying to go. No, 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 no. You're not too old and it's not too late. Caleb was 80. I like Caleb because Caleb was holding on to a promise. He said, man, I can't die. All these battles I fought, all this walking out here in this wilderness, dealing with all these people. No, I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to get what I said, what the Lord said I'm supposed to have. And he looked Joshua in the eye one day and said, give me my mouth. He said, I feel like I can fight today just like I could when I was a young man. And he did. And you know the thing that sustained Caleb? God identifies it in Numbers chapter 13. He had a different spirit about him. He believed God. And that's what I think is going to be the difference for us in, in these remaining seasons is people that believe God, they're not going to take down. I still believe that people that know their God will be strong and do exploits. I still believe that you have not seen God do his best things yet. I got to read something to y'all. I'm sorry. I got to read it to you. It's in that word hope. This is for somebody that it might be somebody on the internet. But that word hope, in that word hope. Mm. Thank you, Lord. That word hope calls for patience. It reminds us that the fulfillment of our hope, it lies in the future. It's a confident expectation. And this is what I had in my notes. Hold on, the best is yet to come. I don't care how good it's been, the best is yet to come. We got to believe that. We can't quit now. We can't back up now. We can't take down now. Now, this is the time to double up. This is the time to press in. Father, we take you at your word now in the name of your son, Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that by your spirit, you release encouragement. That the believers here and the believers on, on the internet, Lord, that are watching by YouTube and Facebook and whatever means they're, they're receiving this word tonight, that encouragement come on them like a garment. Encourage us in you. You are our expectation. You are our hope. We lift our eyes to the hills from which cometh our help. We're not waiting on men. We're not trusting in the government. We're not believing anything or anybody but you. 
pray for that person, Lord, that may not be encouraged, that may be watching, that may be struggling, that may be ready to give up, Lord, maybe may feel like they can't make it another day. I pray, Lord, that you would send angels to minister to them. Send the messengers of the Lord to speak a word into their hearts, Lord, and encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage. Bring courage into them. In the name of Jesus. Every laborer in this house. God, many have been here as long as I have, and they've been faithful. They've been faithful, God. They've been faithful. Some have been here 15 years and 10 years and 5 years. They have been faithful, Lord. I pray they have been faithful to you. I ask you, God, to do something special for them. I pray, Father, that you reward them according to your word for their faithfulness. Those that have been faithful in prayer. Those that have been faithful in ministry. Those that have been faithful, God, in holding up the arms of the vision. Those that have been faithful, Father, in doing things that nobody knows that they did. But you, God, I pray to do greater things for them. In the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, as your servant, let 2021 be in a year of uncommon release in their lives because they've been faithful to you and this ministry God if we've been faithful to you I pray God that there be uncommon outpour here in the name of Jesus Father we thank you for that couple that sold uh, God that significant gift into this ministry they're watching us online Lord God I pray that you would multiply it back to them that they not even miss it, God. That you do Deuteronomy 1 and 11 in their lives and make them a thousand times more than what they are and bless them. In the name of Jesus. Those that have been faithful in tithing, those that have been faithful in giving offerings, God, I pray that such a financial material harvest come into their lives, Lord, that they got to get new bank accounts, that they got to get more buckets, Father name of Jesus bless us to be healthy in our minds in our bodies bless us to be healthy oh God to prosper and to be in health even as our soul prospers God we ask you this tonight in the only name that's worthy of praise be encouraged be encouraged be encouraged be encouraged in Jesus' name and the church said amen everybody encouraged give God glory Hallelujah! Hallelujah!